Psalm 118. Now, before we proceed to read this psalm, I just have to say something to you. Congratulations. If you have been going through the Bible with me, we've made it to halfway. <laughs> now, I know we started in January the 1st, you know, last year, 2021, and we've been working away at this for more than 18 months. Well, this is the exact middle chapter of the Bible. And uh, so, you know, congratulations are in order. It's an interesting little quirk of the Bible that, um, that uh, Psalm 118 is the exact middle chapter. Psalm 117, the one we did yesterday, is the shortest chapter of the Bible. Psalm 119, the one we will do tomorrow, is the longest. And I mean, it's a long one. So tomorrow's video will be a biggie. And, uh, <laughs> but here we are today in the exact middle chapter. Now, it's not the exact middle verse. So I know that um, some people think that the middle verse would be in the middle chapter. It doesn't always work like that. So some people count, some people who think of it like that, they scroll down through Psalm 118 to the middle of this chapter and that, that middle verse says that we should trust in God, not in men. We'll read that shortly. But if you actually count the full number of verses in the Bible, there's like more than 10,000, and you work out the exact middle, it turns out there were two middle verses because there's an, a, um, an even number, so there were two verses in the middle, and that would be Psalm 103, verses 1 and 2. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives your sins and heals all your diseases. Those two verses, I never mentioned it at the time, are the exact middle verses of the Bible. If you think about a central idea to the whole of Scripture, the idea of blessing God because he's done so much for us, that's pretty much a good summary of the whole entire scriptures, wouldn't you agree? Anyway, congratulations, we're right in the middle and we're gonna press on. We're gonna read Psalm 118. Give thanks to Yahweh for he is good. His loving kindness endures forever. Let Israel now say, his loving kindness endures forever. Let the house of Aaron say, his loving kindness endures forever. Let those who fear Yahweh say, his loving kindness endures forever. Out of my distress, I called on Yah, and Yah answered me with freedom. Yahweh is on my side, and I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? Yahweh is on my side among those who help me. Therefore, I will look in triumph at those who hate me. It is better to take refuge in Yahweh than to put confidence in man. That's the middle verse I was referring to that some people think. It is better to take refuge in Yahweh than to put confidence in princes. All the nations surrounded me, but in Yahweh's name I cut them off. They surround me, yes, they surrounded me. In Yahweh's name I indeed cut them off. They surrounded me like bees. They are quenched like burning thorns. In Yahweh's name I cut them off. You pushed me back hard to make me fall, but Yahweh helped me. Yah is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. The voice of rejoicing and salvation is in the tents of the righteous. The right hand of Yahweh does valiantly. The right hand of Yahweh is exalted. The right hand of Yahweh does valiantly. I will not die, but live and declare Yah's works. Yah has punished me severely, but he has not given me over to death. Open to me the gates of righteousness and I will enter into them. I will give thanks to Yah. This is the gate of Yahweh. The righteous will enter into it. 
I will give thanks to you, for you have answered me and have become my salvation. The stone which the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. This is Yahweh's doing, and it is marvellous in our eyes. This is the day that Yahweh has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Save us now, we beg you, Yahweh. Yahweh, we beg you, send prosperity now. Blessed is he who comes in Yahweh's name. We have blessed you out of Yahweh's house. Yahweh is God, and he has given us light. Bind the sacrifice with cords, even to the horns of the altar. You are my God, and I will give thanks to you. You are my God, and I will exalt you. O give thanks to Yahweh, for he is good. His loving kindness endures forever. Okay. So not only is this the middle psalm, the middle chapter of the Bible, but this is the last of six Egyptian psalms. And these were the psalms that were sung at the, you know, in the Passover process. And four of them were sung after the Passover meal. This is the last one. So Jesus sung this psalm every year as part of Passover. And of course, it was all about him. Everyone else didn't realize, but as they were singing about Yahweh, saying, for example, verse 14, Yah is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. Jesus knew that he was going to become their salvation. They did not know that, though. And in verse um, 17, it says, talking about Jesus, I will not die, but live and declare Yah's works. Well, that was Jesus. He went to the cross, but he didn't die. He lived. <laughs> And of course, that verse has been applied to lots of things as well. Lots of Christians that have been through struggles, they've, this verse has been a promise. I will not die, but live. Now, of course, but it's really talking about eternal salvation or eternal life. You know, we might die in the body, but we will live. We'll live with him. So that's the real meaning there. Now, this psalm is interesting because this is the psalm that was sung on Palm Sunday. Now, in the New Testament, as Jesus was riding into Jerusalem on the, on the, the donkey. Um, the crowds were gathered around, hundreds of thousands of people. In um, John's Gospel, it says the very great multitude or the very great crowd. So what would happen is, is people would gather for the three great festivals in the Jewish calendar, Passover, Pentecost, and Tabernacles. So three times a year, people would gather. Jews would come from all over the world to Jerusalem and hundreds of thousands of people would often turn up. Passover was often the big one. So there was a giant crowd there. And so Jesus, as he rides into Jerusalem on the donkey, this is the big crowd. This is the crowd that's there for Passover, or at least they might not have all got there yet because this is a few days before Passover starts. But there are a lot of people there for the feast, it says. Well, that's Passover feast. So as Jesus rides in, the crowd starts singing. They start singing, Hosanna, Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. That is a quote right out of this psalm, Psalm 118. Now, you didn't hear the word Hosanna because in the web version, they translated it literally into English. Verse 25, save us now, we beg you, Yahweh. Save us is Hosanna. So it's been literally translated into the English as save us. But in the Greek, in the Hebrew, sorry, it's the word Hosanna. So in the New Testament, when the, it's telling about the crowd saying, Hosanna, Hosanna, they're saying to Jesus, save us, save us. Now, they're not thinking, save us from our sins. They're thinking, save us from the Romans. 
Jesus was coming to give them the real salvation from their sins. They just didn't realize it. And then, of course, they said, Blessed is he who comes in Yahweh's name, which, of course, was Jesus, and we have blessed you out of Yahweh's house. The temple, of course, is God's house, but it was Jesus' house as well. So there's this gigantic crowd. They're singing to Jesus. They're quoting from Psalm 118. It's all about Jesus, but in a way, much more significant way than they realized. Jesus, of course, knew what it was really all about. And interestingly, they never twigged that there were the... Let me, sorry, just gonna let me find the psalm and I'm gonna read it for you again. They didn't know that just a few verses before the verse they were quoting, it said something else. And so, you know, they were singing, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. But three or four verses earlier in verse 22, it says, the stone which the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. They wouldn't have had a clue what that was talking about. But the psalm that they were quoting about Jesus and they were praising him as the Messiah, they didn't realize that the same psalm was, was predicted that he would be rejected, that he was the cornerstone that was going to be rejected. And that's exactly what they all did. The same people that praised the Lord saying, Hosanna, one day, a few days later, they were shouting out, crucify him. They rejected him. They, just like the psalm that they quoted themselves, said would happen. So it's really, really strange. And Jesus would have known that. He would have known, riding in on that donkey, that they're going to reject me. And um, so he didn't place any trust in what the people were doing. And yet it was all a fulfillment of scripture. And it's remarkable. A cornerstone, by the way, in, um, is the chief or the mo most important stone in a building. These days, um, we don't always build buildings um, like they used to in the old days. I, I worked for a builder for many years and we built brick houses. So they would start with a brick on the corner and then we have it lined up with string lines so that it would be in the exact right position. But the brick wasn't always any special than any other brick. You could pick any old brick and use it to start. But it, some buildings were built with a special stone in the corner called the cornerstone. And not only was it special in the sense that it was the first one, but it was an actual special stone. Well, that's Jesus. The, the body of Christ, the kingdom of God or the temple of God is built with our lives. Our lives are joined together in communion with each other and in communion with Christ. But Christ is the first one to be placed into the temple. He's our cornerstone. We're all built on him. And yet this psalm says he was rejected. And the very people who quoted the psalm were the people who rejected him. And so I find that all these interesting little things are all the way through the Bible. I guess for us, we need to make sure that we don't reject him ourselves. We want, to, we want to make sure that we don't think we're serving God, giving him our whole heart, and yet at the very same time, we've turned our back on him, thinking we're doing the right thing and yet just living for ourselves. It's a trap so easy to fall into. It's worth thinking about. Father, help us. Help us not to think we're serving you and yet only be serving ourselves. Help us not to think, Lord, we're putting you first by going to church, reading our Bible and doing all the various things. And yet all we're doing is building our own kingdom. Help us, Lord, not to reject you like the, the, the Israelites and the Pharisees did. Help us, Lord, to, to make a place for you in our lives. Build us into your church and into your kingdom. And Lord, I would say the same words, Hosanna, Lord, save us, help us, use us, 
for your purposes, I pray. Amen.